Welcome to Two Cents Worth. I'm your host, Ryan DeFaber. As always, I am here with my good friend, Mike Claudio. Uh, I'll do a quick introduction, and then uh, we'll go into it. So Mike and I have known each other for seven years? About. Seven years? Yep. Uh, Met at a uh, party of our friend Preston. I've mentioned him a few times. We will get him on the show. But um, Mike is somebody that introduced me into... A deeper dive into CrossFit as well as uh, paleo diet. Never really um, got into it too much beforehand. I have a friend, Mike Abgarian, who actually competed in the CrossFit Games uh, for a few years on a team, but never really understood it, never really followed it until I actually met you. So you're one of the people that have introduced me to CrossFit. I am not a CrossFitter, but I do uh, follow it. As much as I can, social media, on the games, people on YouTube, as well as anytime I'm not at my gym doing a workout, if there's something I can do at the house that is CrossFit related just because of the cardio aspect around it, I will do. So well, I'm, um, I'm one of those bigger athletes. You're like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Like, let's be serious. Here. So that's something I was going to get into as we go further into it is you do not have what I would consider from what you see on television or even in social media is the typical build of a CrossFitter. Yeah, it's fair. Like, so what do you, what do you stand at? What are your measurements? So uh, so I'll give the average CrossFit games athlete stats. Okay. So the average CrossFit games athlete is five foot nine, 185 pounds. Okay. So they're tiny humans, but they are built for that. They're compact. They're strong. They're powerful. I'm six foot two forty, two forty five. Yeah. See, I'm five eleven, one ninety. Yeah. So we have different builds. I graduated the eighth grade at five foot 10, 185. Yeah, see, I graduated eighth grade at five foot three, and I think soaking wet, I might have weighed a hundred and fifteen pounds. Maybe yeah. we'll say I matured early. It sounds like you did. Yeah. I was I was shaving in the fifth grade. Okay, I I don't think you I still started sh- shaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the requirement to shave is still twice weekly. I think we're in no shave November, right? Like, mo- yeah, so a right? normal month for you. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's just I'm just gonna go what I do. Yeah, it's okay. I'm fine with it. I, I don't have a lot of hair on the top of my head, hence why I wear hats and um, a comb over. But your hair is filtered. Yeah. I have hair elsewhere on my body that I prefer not to have, but for some reason on my face and my head, it doesn't is, just doesn't that grow. Is, that is not the I, reason I for think this it's because I'm I have such high testosterone because of how like manly I am that that's why that happened. You could hear your voice in your headphones, right? Like you know you're not you don't sound manly. I sound really manly. For <laughs> first episode, my wife listened and goes, you sound sexy. These are facts, people. Anywho. She's yearning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, we've talked about CrossFit, but I do want to get back to you in general. So you and I have known each other for seven years, but and I've talked about it in the past episodes. I grew up in Rhode Island. Moved down here in 99, so I'm not originally from Charlotte, and I can't really truly say percentage-wise how many people are actually truly from Charlotte. Charlotte's such a growing city and a lot of transplants. You're not from Charlotte. I am not. When did you move to Charlotte? 2011. 2011, okay. So like literally about when we met. Okay, so what brought you here? So my wife's family. um, So I met my wife when she was still in college in the University of Tennessee. I was living in Lynchburg, Virginia. She was at University of Tennessee when she graduated May of 2011. Um, 
she wanted to move close to her parents. Her parents had moved to Indian Land, South Carolina, which is about 15 miles south of Charlotte. I was living in Lynchburg. She said, I want to move close to my parents. I said, I'm all about look getting out of Lynchburg. And so we moved to Charlotte in 2011 um, for that reason. She wanted to be closer. We were still dating. We were not married at the time. Uh, we were engaged when I moved here. Uh, but we actually moved into her parents' house. You moved into her parents' house? This is a story. I mean, we're here. So we have a lot of background before that about my athletic career and stuff. But when I moved here, looking to get out of Lynchburg, I lived there and I went to high school there. Mm -hmm. I went away for college for a year. College didn't work out for me. I came back. I worked there from 2006, 2011. I basically met everybody I wanted. So I was ready to move. So we moved here. Uh, she was at college, independent, five-year student. I had been six years living out of my parents' house. I bought a house when I was 18. 18, 19, um, and we decided, like, we'll save some money. Let's move into her parents' house. Her parents lived in an 1,800-square-foot, three-bedroom, and it didn't go well. I don't – I feel like that's really tight. Quarters. So we went from – she had her own apartment. I had my own townhouse. Okay. To we were sharing a 12-by-10 bedroom at her parents' house. Most adults would say that's crazy. We said, we'll save money. We'll be here for 18 months. Let's do this for 18 months till we get married. We got engaged early. We had decided we are going to get married 18 months. So we are going to get married in the fall. We got married. We got engaged in the spring. We didn't want to get the wedding ready by that fall. So we yeah. said 18 months later, we'll get married. Okay. So we said, we'll, we'll stay here until we're married. 18 months. We signed a 12-month lease six months later. Gone. Yeah. I'm not uh, proud of it. I was not the best tenant in her parents' house. <laughs> um, but you're young. How old? Uh, this this was uh, I was twenty three, yeah right. Like I mean, twenty three, twenty four. So I'm I'm thirty four. You're thirty thirty one. Thirty. You're thirty one. I'll be. Th <laughs> you look a lot older than thirty one. I'm, I'm aging like a fine milk. I mean, getting, you look you look great. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting whiter and chunkier as I get older. I just feel like anybody that I hang out with nowadays, which is just my own mental perspective perspective i guess like everyone's around the same age as me so like when someone tells me that they're three years younger than me i'm like come on bullshit no way yeah in my own mind i'm sitting there going you're either my age or you're older than i am those are the types of people i hang out with yeah i mean to be fair though like i started my adult life earlier than most so i failed out of college after my freshman year i was living at home got a corporate job and bought a house at 19 and I said, I'm not going to let college or the lack of college define me. And I went after it. And like, so I grew up a little bit earlier. Like you grow up really, really fast when you're like, I don't know if I can afford my next mortgage payment because I went drinking all night. Yeah. So that puts a lot of things into perspective. You for your grow life, up right? real fast yeah. when you're in that type of responsibility level. And like, I wanted to be successful. Like my parents were totally schooled. Both my parents have master's degrees. My wife has, you know, postgraduate degrees. I'm the guy who couldn't make it through freshman year. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think now, I think when you're you're talking about it in 06? So I graduated, high, I graduated high school in 05. So this would have been okay. like 05, 06. <clears throat> so I think in that time frame, college is exactly the path that you take. It was the only at, option. You look at it now, college is not. It wasn't until my brother graduated with a master's degree and couldn't find a job making forty grand a year that my dad was like, "Really, college might not be for everybody." Like, if you look at it 
just in 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 general in the world today with with the reach that social media has and uh, any type of other influences that you can create or even startups like uh, you you see a lot of Gary V. I, I'm going to use him. You know, you're you're a follower. Big from, follower. Big follower. You you hear him talk. College is not for everybody, and college is not the only option. Like if you have great content and you can get out there and you can get to your consumers, you don't need college. Now, when we went, like that is the option, right? Like that is the that is the mentality of of our parents as well as uh, shit. Even myself, like that's I, I already have savings for my kids to go to college, and my kids are going to be six and two. Yeah, like. Th- by the time they get to that age, I mean that university might be a, a thing of the past. You don't know; things change so often. Well, I ran, so I met with my financial advisor, and I said, "Okay, what if current inflation continues? What is it going to cost me to send my kid to an in-state school for four years? One hundred and fifty grand, five hundred thousand dollars for a four-year degree. Yeah, so for a year, one hundred fifty grand. And I'm a like year. half a million dollars, and so like." Our pair, so my I'm a second generation American. So my grandfather immigrated here. Okay. And so for my parents, when they grew up in their time frame, you know, they went to school fifty years ago, you know, 45, 50 years ago. It was without college degree, you're gonna be working the shit jobs. Like so my grandfather was a longshoreman. And his dream for my father was have a job with air conditioning. Okay. So my grandfather was a longshoreman in New York City. He operated a crane. He worked in the elements for like 40 years. He's like, I want my son to have air conditioning. Like crazy dream. Trades though. Right? And so so my dad was and my mom both grew up in they grew up in Hoboken, which is just across the river mm-hmm. from New York City. And they saw a level of poverty I'll never see, right? Like challenges, issues. Their friends who were high school friends at the same bars when they went back, right? And so my parents were like, without, cool, without school, you will fail. And I tried. I gave them my best. And I say my best. I gave them my best for when I was 18. And I failed miserably. Like, I was bad at it. I, I, I went to college, and I, I just wasn't good at it. Yeah. And I came home, and this was probably the most mature decision I ever made at that point in my life. And I looked at my dad. I said, look, I'm wasting your money and my time. It's time for me to move on. That, <clears throat> from what you just said there... I can't tell you any 18-year-old that that has ever thought in that, that I know. Yeah. I know myself at 18. I would have never come back to my parents and said, I'm wasting your money. Yeah. I would have just kept on And I'm I'm looking at it going like, I I, I can't do this. I was on academic suspension. So I went through a year at Christopher Newport University. I played baseball. Yeah. Went to the beach. Hung out with girls. School was not a priority, right? And so at the end of my freshman year, I was asked not to come back for a semester. It was academic suspension. Your grade point average as a freshman was too low. And at that point in my life, I didn't know what I want to do for my career. Yeah. And I said, I'm good at two things, math and baseball. I'll be a math teacher and coach baseball. That was my dream. It's not a bad. There's a lot of really good There's baseball coaches. Good them, There's right? a lot of really yeah. good math teachers out there. Well, I failed out my the fall, which would have been my sophomore fall semester. I got a call from a friend. Said you're looking for a job. I'm at this point living my living on my parents' basement couch, and uh, not wanting to do that. My uh, my parents were not on board with what we were trying to do. My parents were not on board with me not going back to school. My parents were not on board with my vision for not going back. It was a very very rocky time for our relationship, but overall we were good now. 
But at that point, my friend called me and goes, hey, you looking for a job? I said, hell yeah, I'm living on my parents' couch. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got a job at Altel, which was pre-Verizon. Verizon bought Altel. Yeah. But I got a job at Altel Wireless, working retail. I, I'll never forget my job interview. I sat across from the store manager, district manager, and they the district manager slid me a cell phone. Pre This is pre-smartphone. This is 2006. So I remember having like a – so in 2006, I had a flip phone that played uh, Linkin Park's Numb – but not like the lyrics and everything. It's oh, yeah. Basically like, yeah, like the piano version. Do, yeah. Do, do, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, Mar- okay. the Mario version. Yeah, yeah right? it was, and it was awesome. So and I thought I was super cool because I had that I re- ringtone. I remember when ringtone, like custom ringtones became a thing. Yeah. Like that's how early Well, I mean, you're in the industry. Yeah, I was in the industry. So my buddy called me. I got a job. I, I'll never forget the interview. He slid me a phone and said, sell me text messaging. I didn't know what text messaging. I never had a phone. I was a freshman in college. I can't tell you if I ever... I, Ah, I guess yeah, oh six text. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. so you were you were twenty one in oh six. Yeah, so oh six, I had graduated. Lindsay and I were already living together. We were working. Wow, so different, different position. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Proud of you. You should be. I am. I'm actually quite impressive. Yeah. So like overall, my life is so. Yeah. I'm eight. I'm eighteen. I'm getting a corporate job. We'll okay. call it. And. uh I had this interview. Slip me a phone and said, send me text messaging. I said, let me turn to my console and try and figure out what the packages are. And for some reason, I got a job offer that afternoon. Well, I turned that opportunity into a 10-year career at Verizon. I went from retail sales, retail management, B2B small business sales, B2B enterprise sales. Like when I when I started Verizon, I was helping homeowners, moms, dads. When I left Verizon, I was helping my clients were US Airways, Volvo, Old Dominion, Food Line. I had massive. Old Dominion trucker. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, trucking. Okay. Yep, okay. trucking. So, like, I had trucking, massive. Yeah, I had massive enterprises were my business mm-hmm. international. Like, my Volvo was a Sweden-based company. I had regular calls with them. Yep. So like that, I turned that into a very successful ten-year career. Out of almost spite, I'll be honest. Like, my dad looked at me and kind of was like, people have that conversation about like, you know, my high school counselors that I would wouldn't amount to anything. Like. I told myself I will not let the lack of degree be my defining moment. Like that was my – my dad was angry. My mom was angry. I'm like, I'm going to do this without – like I'm going to do this with all your support. Like I, I'm not going back to school. And I can't live here anymore. So at 19, I bought a house. Surprising. I have – like this will be – I wrote a blog actually about this on my website. But it was like one of the most impressive – You can put a plug in if you need to. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Winrate Consulting website. Check out the blog too actually. Which is what we'll, we'll get back to. I'm going to let yeah. Mike finish his story, and we're going to get back to so. But Mike I wrote, and, I wrote a blog and, yeah. about how this is one of the most courageous things I've ever I've ever I can remember. So my yeah. dad had absolutely zero faith in me at this point. Like we were not on talking terms. We were very strained relationship. I said, Dad, I want to move out, and I need you to co-sign on a mortgage for me. <laughs> <laughs> and and to his credit, he said, I understand, and he did. See, and I think as parents, which we are now, yep, um, you're gonna get put into tough situations, but at the same time, you believe in your kids. Well, you want to, right? Like, yeah. if you come to me with enough conviction as my child, no matter what's going on, I'm gonna help you. As a parent, that's just what I'm gonna do. So that's good. Yeah. So it was. You see one, that now? Yeah. It was one of those where at the time, even now, looking back as a parent. I'm like, here's my son. 
at this point in a different store, but I cr- had to create a drinking problem. You know, I'm 19. I had mm-hmm. a created a drinking problem. Had failed out of college. Had stopped playing sports. Had gotten a job, but it was pretty overweight at the time. And I'm going, Dad, I need your help. Yeah. And he was like, I have no reason to believe in you, but here's my cosign. Ironically, today, like we're doing this, we're doing this podcast on November 2nd. Today, we are 13 years later. That property is under contract and sold. Closing was today. Uh, so pretty ironic kind of turn of events. And um, you're making money? A little bit. A little bit. So I bought in 2007. So like. Right at the. The right per- at the peak before the, the downturn. Or the downturn. did you get it during the downturn? So I bought 2007. Okay. Two months before Obama's first time home buyer's credit. Uh-huh. I was a first time home buyer. Didn't get that. 2008, market crashed. <laughs> like it was the worst time to buy real estate in the history of real estate. Yeah. But I held on to it. I had. So I, the only reason I held on to this long was. So I moved to Charlotte in 2011. Okay. The guy that was living with me and renting from me in 2010 had lived there until three months ago. It's 2018 right now. If you listen to this in 2022, thank you for listening. It is currently 2018. <laughs> if he's listening to this episode in 2022. He's catching up. He has a lot of catching thank up. Thank you do. for catching up, sir. Yeah. We're proud of you. That's a long time, and I'm hoping that I have that long time. But you should, you should recognize those listeners. That are in oh, I will. I will. I mean, so, I am international. I don't want to brag, but I uh, sh- I have listeners now in uh, the Stop UK, Sweden, Ireland. Hold, on, I'm not done. And New Zealand. <laughs> As of today, <laughs> I have gone basically across the globe. Two cents worth don't is listen to him. international don't listen to him. and global, my friends. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's keep it going. But yeah, so, um, but ironically, kind of full circle, first full circle there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually sold that property today. A very, very completely coincident. But Which we talked about on the golf course. We today. did. We Mike did. Uh, uh, graciously let me come out to his club, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, golf in general, and you know things that we we find uh, that helps us in our golf game and why we play it. But Mike generously uh, offered me to go out and play on his his course. It was about a mile from my house, and um, whew, man, I put a fight out there today. I played outstanding, Mike. Not great. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to go at it again on Sunday and get a rematch, right? Yeah, I really want your listeners to understand the <laughs> current situation of, of events. Listen, uh, I'm happy it rained today in Charlotte, We made which it is through a Friday. 11 holes. Shut up. We made through 11 holes. Okay. This is your podcast, but I'm taking over. That's fair. We were 11, we're gonna, we're we were back 11 holes in, which means there's seven holes to go, and he was down six, six holes. Exactly where I wanted you. Chastain, if you're listening, which I'm sure you will be, this is very reminiscent of our event where you we of pushed. our spring trip last yeah. year. Which I told Mike, I am ready to make the Chastain push. He said that on nine, and then went down two more. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Let's not worry about. It. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we Sunday, got we got all Sunday. that. We'll so talk let's, about it. Yeah, we will. So let's let's go all the way back, right? Because yeah. I want to talk about three things, and and. And I think that that gave everybody kind of a good explanation of like where you've come from, right? Sure. Yep. And we're gonna get to where you where you are today, yep. right? But we mentioned CrossFit, right? Yep. And like how you and I met. So seven years ago, you're into CrossFit. Very. And if you think seven years back, like uh, let's right, let's look at it, right? I yep. I know again. I'm gonna say Mike Abgarian. I know him. He, I had never heard of CrossFit. 
It was early seven years ago. I mean, it was. And then was, he's running this gym, and I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what you're doing, dude. Like, what, what is this? Yeah. Right. And then I meet you, and you're like, I do CrossFit. Also, there's this, you know, there's a diet that I follow. Paleo. And it's this paleo diet. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. Like, dude, I grew up in athletics my entire life, right? Like, I played collegiate baseball. Like, I, we I, didn't know diet as athletes in high school, right? Like, college, I, like it, it wasn't was, a thing, dude. And you can ask Lindsay. Like, my diet was. Whatever McDonald's. Fit in my mouth. I had three dollars in yeah. change. Yeah, I'm gonna go to McDonald's tonight and have dinner, yeah. and then I'm gonna go and wake up and I'm gonna go play a, a fucking baseball game. It, my diet was did. fitness. I'm fitness pizza. Right. In my yeah. Mouth. There like. you go. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so CrossFit seven years ago. How how do you come across CrossFit? Right. You're here in Charlotte. Yep. You're with Tiffany. Yep. You guys have lived in your in laws' house. You've now moved out. I think right. So yeah, I'll give you the CrossFit story. Okay. So um, so I, I actually started CrossFit before I moved to Charlotte. Okay. So I started CrossFit in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, so after collegiate sports, so I was a four-sport athlete in high school. I did baseball, basketball, football, and track. Um, my my senior year, I tore my ACL, very similar to Chastain, your last guest. Um, I tore my ACL playing I, basketball. I tend to get a lot of injured people reason being they can't run out if things go south on this interview no it's fine i'm yeah. very fast now actually thank you but so I, I could catch you so like middle school high school i was a four sport athlete okay um played only baseball in college i had torn my acl my senior year and had goaltender's thumb which is i tore two ligaments in my thumb in my last high school baseball game diving for a ball i had him having surgery I was looked I see at, the scar. Yeah, I was looked at by a couple D1, AA, couple D2 schools. Post-ACL injury, had this, or like, oh, you're injury prone. You, you so can't like, hold a bat. Is you it like just hyperextension of I, your thumb? I dove for a ball off the mound, uh-huh. caught the ground with like my glove, and basically just like hyper overextended my thumb and tore two ligaments Listen, of my thumb. As a former pitcher, I'm going to tell you, there are fielders behind you that – I was a fucking champion. I'm gonna tell you, dude. They get the scholarship. I went after it. They get the scholarship money to field the ball. But I'm not diving is, off of is, any mound right, to get so, a ball. So to put it in context, my senior year, this would have been my second no hitter. I was going for the no hitter. This was against Amherst. They were one of the best hitting teams in our district. This is my last senior. This is my. What se- state is this? This is in Virginia, Central okay. Virginia, out of Lynchburg, uh, the Seminole District. If you're looking for it. Uh, but Amherst, I was at Jefferson Forest, was my high school. Amherst was one of the best teams in our district. Um, I had thrown a no-hitter in our spring trip to Myrtle Beach. And, like, this was, like, my last high school senior game. I'm going for the no-hitter. To be fair, hurt my thumb, got the out. Dove for it, tore my thumb, got the out at first. Still got it from my knees. Thrown. Career over. Career over. Legit. Like, I couldn't hold a bat. I had one more at-bat in my high school career. Could not hold it. Had surgery. Went to Beach Week in a cast. <laughs> also a fun story. But, um... I don't, I don't know if we want to talk, <laughs> talk about Myrtle but, Beach Beach Trips. Myrtle Beach Beach Week in a cast. Senior year beach trip, whatever. In a cast. Pretty epic. But, so, end up walking on at a D3 school. So, played yeah. one year of collegiate athletics. But, after that, I was pretty much done. Yeah, yeah, Filled out. And, like, when you go from, like, basically, I never went 24 hours without training for or competing in a sport. You eat a lot. 
like you said, like whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, my metabolism nutrition wasn't was, a thing when we were that age, and metabolism wasn't a thing at our age, right? Like you ate whatever the hell you wanted, you drank whatever you wanted, and you woke up and competed, just did it again, and nothing changed. It wasn't until I graduated college and I was like, I don't need the gym, I don't need this, and all of a sudden I'm getting married at two fifteen. Yeah. And I look back now, and, and we don't have any pictures of our wedding in our house because <laughs> I'm a fat fuck, and it's disgusting and it's embarrassing. I know. All right, so how we got yeah, the cross? Go right? We're, yeah, so yeah. we're kind of going full circle here, but so did that. Got out. Got a corporate job. I ballooned to over 300 pounds. Over 300 pounds. Over 300 pounds. So so right now I'm sitting about. Do you two- have any uh, pictures? Yes. Oh, I got pictures. I need to see this. We'll, we'll, we'll see pictures. Let me. I don't. Know if, I, we'll, we're not going to post it on social. We media should post be- it actually, so people can get, can grasp the concept. We'll, we'll go do a before, before and after. after. Yep. So uh, see, this is ba- why I appreciate you. Balloons. You're willing to get out there, dude. It's, it's for it's. You know, got to be real. You it's gotta, for two cents worth. Like, yeah. uh, right. Right. Again, I'm international. Actually, I'm, I want. We, we I'm need to get bigger. I'm proud of it. Honestly, I'm proud of it. Which is, I think, at now looking at you, you should be. So, so right now I'm sitting about 240. At that point, so I ballooned about 300 pounds. Like 240, I, though, with definition. Correct. So not because people, I think people are going to sit there and go, six foot 240. He's fat. So I'm a I'm a 50 jacket, and I'm a 36 inch waist. To give to give you comparison, like if you're an, if you're a male, you've you've had. A suit fitted at some point, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. He, so, so at this point in my life, I'm over 300 pounds. Okay. I had just met Tiffany. Very long story, but that's for another podcast. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna go Claudio 2.0, maybe 3.0, 4.0. Yeah, well, we the, this repeat, guy. Repeat, I'm gonna tell you repeat. this guy. Big story, and not in a bad way. He's just. Um, I mean, Full of shit. Info. We're 26 minutes in, and, the, and we barely <laughs> scratched the surface, right? Yeah. So we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, all right. So, just met Tiffany. Um, I decided I'm gonna go back to the why. Okay. I'm gonna start going back to the why. I was doing the elliptical, which is what everyone does, by so, the way. So, but at that point, I wasn't just fat. Like at that point in my life, I was back squatting over 500. I was deadlifting over 500, and I was benching over 450. So you're doing the main, the three. So I was a power lifter. Yeah. And uh, in. Tiffany wouldn't believe me if she wasn't involved in this. I could not touch the back of my own head. I I can see that. So like I was I, I was benching. I work out with somebody and if he's listening, he can't fucking bend over and touch his toes. Yeah, so like putting shoes on was a workout. And I, I love you, buddy, but had to can't. put my had to put my belt on before my pants went on. Like it was it was an exercise. Like 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 so not I, never would I admit that I want to see you get dressed, but I almost wanted to see you get so dressed. It, it was a workout, and at yeah. that point in my life, I would I was wearing a shirt and tie to work. This is why I was working at Verizon. Mm-hmm. I'll tell us that's Verizon, and I had to wear a shirt and tie to work. I could not put my collar down, so I would grab the wings of my dress shirt, like the collar, and just flip as hard as I could. If you can imagine this, it's like like chicken wings, mm-hmm. and I would get as good as I could. Then when I got to work, someone would fix it. Like I couldn't reach it. I couldn't. I couldn't wash my el- my shoulders. I couldn't get my arm over there. I had to like pedestal my elbow against the shower wall and turn into it. And I'm not joking. I was a. I was a. So I'm current. I was a 46 inch waist, and I was a 20 inch neck. At that point, you're a big boy. I was massive. You're but like, I, you're but like I could a bench linebacker. Four, but I was. I could bench 450. I was a fucking badass. But I couldn't like wipe my own ass. Like you like, can't wash your shoulders, <laughs> no. dude. Don't worry about wiping your ass. You can't even touch no, your shoulders. Well, if I if I put it up against the shower wall, I could bend into it, like turn into it. But like I couldn't reach it. 
You have to put yourself up against. All right. So, so CrossFit, right, you sorry, need to tell so me about CrossFit. I'm getting into it. So, <laughs> so I had met a friend who was a Liberty University football player through uh-huh. like a girl I was dating was roommates with his girlfriend. Okay. So that's how we met. And uh, he had got out of Liberty. He was getting in the working world and he had started CrossFit. So this is like 2009, 2010. This is early CrossFit. And he goes, you should join me. And I'll never forget this. My first CrossFit workout. This is at CrossFit Lynchburg. Mm-hmm. Um, it was body weight deadlift 100 for time. 100 reps of body weight deadlift for time. And at that point? I was over 300. I said, I'll put 285 on the bar. <laughs> And I got through for 100 reps. I got through 60 reps, threw up, and I went to CrossFit six days a week for eight years from that day on. Yeah, it was that challenge, it was that camaraderie, it was that competition that I was missing from collegiate sports and, and organized sports. You right. miss that 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 level of of let's go get it together. And CrossFit's where you suffer with somebody next to you. You're really not competing against them in a normal class. You're competing against yourself, but you're competing with somebody. And that was the competitive environment that I was missing from from just collegiate and organized sports. And and so that day I started. So he invited me. That was January 3rd, 2010. And you still do it. And I still do it. I saw your uh, wad. My wad. Workout work, of the day. Workout of the day. And I'm, Today. I'm, he saw it today. Yeah, I know. I know. I saw it today. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to talk about it because it is a topic of conversation especially around the traditional gym goers like myself. Yep. Can we talk about and I want your opinion on it because I I feel like you're you're going to be honest with me on it and and others are going to are always going to defend it. In CrossFit, you look at it, you watch it, you follow it like I do and I and I don't participate in it. But it seems super Super culty. Like, I see people only hanging out with the people they CrossFit together, and they basically, like, shut out their other friends. Is that real? Yes. Why? Because there is a certain amount of camaraderie that comes with suffering. Like, I think Marines are the same way. Mm Mm-hmm. I think collegiate football players or even high school football players are the same way. Okay. I think when you went away to your Dominican trip with your baseball players, did you give a fuck about the band? No. You were with your boys. We suffered together. We traveled together. We do this together. So CrossFitters are very similar. So CrossFit's not easy. And I, I don't try- – I, I, I would never say it is because I've, I've done the workouts. But it's scalable. It's scalable to your suffrage level. Yeah. It's like how bad do you want to push yourself today? And when you see somebody – Putting it on being vulnerable and putting it out on the line and going after it and hurting and you know, there's tears in CrossFit, there's blood in CrossFit, there's rips and tears and shins and and double under whips and anybody who CrossFit knows what I'm talking about. And it's like you suffer together. And there's something about watching somebody else go beyond their being and go beyond their skill level to try something beyond what they think is capable. And having appreciation for that person. And then going back to the office and seeing the douchebag sitting in his cubicle not doing shit to better himself. And saying, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. I like these people better. And I think it's no different than organized sports who you go to two-a-days with. You go to beach trips or, or some sort of trips with. Mm-hmm. you know, even, In any port of organized sports, at some point, you push yourself beyond what you think is capable. And it's cool to be around those people. 
And I think that's the difference. So yes, it's cultish, but I think it's because like some people just want to see better of themselves and they want to be around other people who feel that way. And you're not going to get that at the office. You're not going to get that at school. You're not going to get that around your friends. Like most people don't want to put themselves through some sort of challenge to be better. And when you find people, if you're into that, when you find people that do, it's easy to fall into that environment. So some of my best friends are CrossFit based. Yeah. But some of my best friends aren't. Like it's not that I, I only hang out with those people. But I find people of similar traits outside of CrossFit and I just generally navigate towards that. Because I'll tell you, as a traditional gym goer, very, very easy to look at the CrossFit community and go, it's silly. Yeah. Right? No, like, it's, and and, it's, and there, are, there are guys at my gym that will sit there and go, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's cultish. And for somebody like myself that teeters on the line, right? Like I, I do it when I'm at home. Yeah. I don't go to a CrossFit gym, but I'll, I mean, I see High the benefits of it. Right. I see the yeah. benefits of it, right? Like you're, you're somebody that wants to work on their cardiovascular, work on their strength, work on form, right? Like, I mean, as a traditional gym goer, form is, you see some guys that it, it is, I'm, I'm concerned that they're going to hurt themselves, yeah. right? Because you don't have to have a coach there, right? And in CrossFit, you have coaches readily I, I available. That is a great interjection. Can I interject yeah, real quick? So here's the challenge with the common gym goer and CrossFit. What it takes to be a level one CrossFit person is $1,000 in two days of training. Yeah. So that's Oh, I know. And there's the plenty challenge. of YouTube videos out there. 100%. Talking about how bullshit that is. I agree completely. Okay. So I, I actually started in CrossFit at, in Charlotte at a different gym, left because of the lack of coaching awareness, and went to a new gym where the coach at CrossFit Weddington is a familiar physiology, physical therapist, trainer type. He's been in it for like forever. And I found a as a athlete, I knew enough to know when he didn't know what the hell he was talking about, this guy did. Yeah. And that, I transitioned gyms early in my Charlotte CrossFit career. But there are so many gyms with shitty coaches and shitty form and people trying to do rope climbs and muscle ups and chest bar pull ups and cleans and snatches and jerks. And they look ridiculous because all they know is the programming and not the training to get and, there. And I think for me, from being somebody that appreciates CrossFit at its pure form, right? Like what they're trying to accomplish versus the somebody that is a traditional gym goer or even somebody just from the outside, they don't need to be a gym goer, looks at it and goes, these people are trying to do, and they have to be educated enough, I guess, to understand it. These people are doing Olympic style lifting with, for with, speed, for time. For speed, for time, right? Competitive exercise, as we all like to joke yep. around, right? Yep. In our, in our, yep. my, my scene. Uh, no, it is. You are, you are exercising to exercise. Right. So you're competitive exercise. You're doing competitive li- or uh, Olympic lifting, and like you just mentioned, you have this, this, this level of coaching that basically was bought. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree completely. So. As a CrossFitter today, yep. 
I appreciate. Well, I don't. I don't know how to say it other than I just appreciate the fact that you understand that there are issues. I, I mean, there's issues in any. Here's of the problem with CrossFit: you have non-collegiate athletes, stay-at-home moms, corporate men, trying to live out a collegiate athletic career in a CrossFit gym. You have people who never had that take it too serious. No, they never had like weight room etiquette. They never okay, had so like the true training like, understanding. They of literally like... they they did not play high school collegiate sports, and this is their chance to do something they never thought they could, and they try. And without the proper coaching, without the proper scaling, without the proper ramp period, yeah, these people go in there and say, "I can do whatever these guys are doing." No one looks at me and goes, "Oh, I can do what he can do," because I've been training Olympic lifts for almost ten years. And they go, oh, well, if you can do it, I can do it. And they look at gymnastics and they say, I can do a handstand push-up. I can do a handstand walk. I can do a muscle-up. And those people who are 30, 40, 50 years old, who had zero gym etiquette, zero ramp, zero understanding of it takes time to get there, they're used to, I do this at my job and this happens. Because CrossFit's not a cheap sport. There's a lot of high-performing professionals in CrossFit because it's not cheap. Yeah. You know, the average CrossFit gym is around $200 a month on average. Yep. You know, the the people you go to I go to a gym that costs me 9.95 a month. Right. So and it's open 24 hours a day. It's a different environment. These yeah. people are I don't want to say that you're not successful, but I'm saying like people who spend $200 a month on a gym are generally have some level of success in their life professionally and they're used to like I say go and it happens. And then they get into the CrossFit world and they have subpar coaching. And I see it in my gym where my coach will throttle people back. You yeah. know, you're not ready to do that. And that pisses them off because they're used to like getting what they want. But other CrossFit gyms are like, hey, whatever keeps you paying your membership, let's try it. Yeah, but so that brings me into <clears throat> what I wanted to touch on next was so you've gone in the CrossFit, but you've taken it to the next level. So You've gone into the competition phase. Now, not CrossFit Games, but sanction events, non-sanction events. So I was a part of the Amateur Grid League. So, okay. So Grid <laughs> was a professional league that some guys tried to create. It was a – consider it the NFL of CrossFit. So they created a league, a season, a team, and so let's compete against. Let's try and make it marketable on the in, on the, the internet. The NFL the or um, the XFL of CrossFit. It's probably the XFL. It's a I great. Would, it's I a would, great reference. I would say the NFL would probably be the sanctioned events in the CrossFit Games. Yeah, but like even that's not a season base. So like this was the that's first. Okay, season. that's fair. All right, this was the first season base. So the CrossFit Games is a open regional and then the games it's very olympic based okay so i can figure the crossfit games the olympics of crossfit where the grid was more the the nfl where it created like here's the top athletes we created some teams so i was a part of an amateur version of that it was kind of what we would call the you know the b league you know we'll call it triple a of of the grid league um and it was specialty based so i was a strength athlete and the season was uh, I competed nine weekends out of twelve, so it was a twelve-week season. Okay. I compete. I went drove from Charlotte to Columbia, South Carolina, for nine weekends and competed. And like every weekend was the same thing. So it was certain lifts 
that you would focus on, not right? Like, so I was a strength athlete. So the, there was okay. twelve participants per team. Each person had a specialty: gymnastics, overall uh, strength. So it was, okay. that was kind of the three. It was either you were like a body weight specialist, a strength specialist, or an overall specialist. And then there were, I want to say, there, I was ten, I... there was ten workouts in an event, team versus team. Okay. And like you would send, you would strategize to okay, here's the workout, here's the athletes competing in that workout to give us the best time. You know, and it was like 10 workouts. Whoever won the most workouts won the event. See, and I think that's what, one, myself and, and, and people listening, I don't think a lot of people understand, like, the depth of CrossFit. Right? Like, you just talked about that. Like, that's not CrossFit games. That's not what you see on television. That's no. not what you hear from your friends of going to the gym and everything. So when you when you were doing that, I just remember, you know, hanging out with you and you telling me about that i'm like again guy who follow crossfit that type of stuff i'm sitting there going couldn't even tell you that that was a real thing but watching you compete in it facebook all that stuff that was out there i I was lucky to have a very good season so i I competed unfortunately grid didn't really take off guys invested millions of dollars in this trying to make this a thing and it's not a spectator sport it's very difficult to watch it's very difficult to understand again let's let's we're talking about competitive exercise. Right. But like if, you, if you've watched the CrossFit games, it's hard to like see who's winning, who's doing well, yeah. who's ahead, who's behind. It's like the Olympics. It's very difficult. It's like watching whatever that like skiing and shooting event is. Like yeah. who's, who's in first? No one knows. The biathlon. Yeah. What's on second? Like it's crazy. Yeah. Right. And so it was, it's not a spectator sport. And I got involved early and I was lucky enough to be a part of this. And I learned a lot, but I also destroyed my body in the process. Yeah. Because when you're a specialty athlete, like I was pulling mass amount of weight off the ground every week. So at this point in my life, you know, I was snatching 300. I was clean and jerking 375. I was deadlifting over 500. I was back squatting over 500. And I weighed 260 pounds. <laughs> and like in, in CrossFit, you do everything as fast and as many times as possible. Yep. Nothing is like set up and lift like Olympic lifting. If you're, if you, if you don't know CrossFit, you know, Olympic lifting, it's you go out, you set up, you do your routine, you do one lift. In CrossFit, it's here. So I'll never forget this. It was one of the events. It was back jerk. So the bar sitting on your back, and you're you're jerking it overhead. So a, a dip, drive, dip, and you're catching the bar overhead. Well, it was four quadrants, twenty reps per quadrant, back jerk at two seventy five. You have to catch the bar on your back every time. So there's three athletes on the floor, two athletes holding the bar for rest, and you would switch out. I did like 27 or 30 reps at 275 back jerk in a matter of four minutes. And for anybody who doesn't know that, go go to the gym, put two 45s and a 25 on each side of the bar. Go do that and then try and squat it. One, two 45s and a 25 on each side. I had to throw that overhead and catch it on my back 30 times. I mean, it sounds great for I your body. I promise you. The, I mean, the I, audience can hear you pouring that. Beer. I know, and and I'm going to tell you, uh, the wife just dropped off uh, a beer and a glass. Michael is drinking whiskey. I, I I'm into the beer. I'm not going to drink whiskey while I'm I'm interviewing, or or things are going to go sideways. I hope things go sideways. Yeah, well, I mean, we're already 45 minutes in. We're still we, on the first topic. <laughs> yeah, we're still on CrossFit, which yeah. is fine. I yeah. look, I'm going to try and keep it to an hour, but if we go to an hour and a half, that's fine. I, I'm 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 okay with it because we can I, move I feel on because no, I feel like it's it's a good topic because I think, especially for me, 
you know, I I'm gonna keep saying it. I appreciate what CrossFit does, and I I I think the athletes at the highest level, even at the people that are novice at it, like you go in there and you just want to get better. That's fantastic. Everybody does some sort of cross workout, which CrossFit is based around hit training, high yeah. intensity interval training. Yeah. Very, 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 a large percent of people do some sort of CrossFit exercise, AMRAPs, you know, things of that nature. and As many rounds as possible. Sorry, AMRAP is as many rounds as possible or reps as possible. I'm going to, or reps, okay. Yeah. Because like, you know, there's there's set workouts, there's interval workouts, there's, yeah, yeah, a lot of different things. Okay. Uh, any acronym he throws out, I will fix it for you guys. Because... That is something CrossFit has. If you want acronyms in your life, go go look at a CrossFit workout. Well, we page. talked about it already, right? We talked about WAD. People are gonna be like, "What the hell is a WAD?" Work it's a workout of the... of the day. Yeah. AMRAP as many rounds or reps as possible, depending on who you're talking to. Like what my workout yesterday. Emon. My ye- every minute on the minute. So my workout yesterday was ten SAKB. OHS. See, I feel like you need to have a fucking dictionary <laughs> to so, go work out. Like, I know what I'm working out. Yeah. Like today, I worked out shoulders. Yeah. You know what I did? Shoulder press. I did. <laughs> I did seated shoulder press. Then I did front raises. Then I did side raises. Then we did shrugs. And then I did abs and some some cardio. So, and I went home. So ten S A K B O H S is ten single arm kettlebell overhead squats. Ten S A K B O H S. I, I feel like I need like a fucking. At, at, I need a map at thirty two slash twenty four, which is thirty two. What, what does that mean? <laughs> which is thirty two kilograms or twenty four. See, kilograms. I think so. Again, and also CrossFit loves kilograms for some reason, like randomly, like they. Well, we are the only country that basically does do pounds. Yeah, but really, only people who Olympic lift or use kettlebells know what kilograms are. Yeah. So, I will. I know the desk. You're like, we can hear it. Uh, I. <laughs> I, I would say also everything you just said is why people are also intimidated, scared, annoyed with CrossFit. We are too. CrossFit community is too. So you'll you'll go into class and like there are people doing CrossFit for five years ago. What the hell is that? Like why can't you just spell it out? Like how hard is it? Is it something again? I feel like it's this mentality of like we have to be different, we have to be cool. There's a character to... limit, okay? There's a character limit no, on CrossFit workout descriptions. There's no character limit. <laughs> I'm not sure if you try to do a tweet lately, but it's pretty much less than a, a CrossFit <laughs> workout. It takes you longer to describe the workout than to actually do it, which is ridiculous. Again, <laughs> like I, I'm going to sit here for 30 minutes trying to figure out what the hell all these letters mean before I even start working out. That's going to take me six minutes. And in the meantime. I'm beast mode, and mm-hmm. you're over there just pussyfooting around. I'm not pussyfooting, and I'm trying to figure out what in God's name are they trying to make me do today that's not gonna hurt me. Oh, no, everything hurts you. So you, you I, and that's so I did t- traditional the why for like two or three years before I got into CrossFit when I was like I need to start exercising because I'm 300 pounds, and I'm ne- I was never as sore as I am after like an average CrossFit workout. Yeah, because you do everything at full intensity. There's no like if you half-ass it or like take an easy day, like people judge you, and, it's, and I don't love that part about it because everybody feels the need to push themselves to a limit beyond their comfortability level, and that's where injuries happen. A hundred percent of the time, that's where injuries happen. And CrossFit's known as an injury-prone sport. 
And it's because... Huge problem. It's a huge... Uh, I agree completely. And I, I see it. I've, I've enjoyed it myself as an injured athlete. But, like, for the most part, it's because people don't don't allow you to, like, have a 60% day. They don't allow you to say, like, hey, you're not feeling it. Because they're feeling it. And they're like, hey. Because, like, even this morning. So, I worked out at 7 o'clock this morning at CrossFit. Yeah. I was not feeling this morning. I'm very sore from Wednesday. Um, I was going, we'll say 70%. And I have people in the room going, come on, Mike. You got it, Mike. So, and it, it makes you feel like you need to go harder. Even though it tends to lead to injury. Specifically because, like, warm-up in CrossFit is not always there. Not like it needs to be. Really? So, okay. All right. I so, would have thought differently. I, so I, with coaches there, you'd think. But you're also in a time limit. So, yeah, cross, so yeah, CrossFit right. workouts are set on the hour. You have cl- you have set class times. If you're running late for class and you show up five after, you're just jumping in and going. I hate that. I do too. I hate it. And the, my my challenge. So I got away from CrossFit for the last four months. So I got back into CrossFit consistently about two weeks ago yeah. after like seven or eight years yeah. of it. My, I had a second son. I started a second business, what we'll get into. But I was like, I need I need a break. So I got it back into golf. I joined a country club. I was like, I'm not into cross right now. And it's because I don't have two hours. Because realistically, you got to get there 30 minutes before class. It's an hour-long class. And by the time you're cooled down in the car and back to where you need to go, it's 30 minutes later. It's a two-hour endeavor. And as a entrepreneur, business owner, employee, father, husband, I don't always have two hours to give to this. And it was very, 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 very hard to prioritize it. Unless you're competing and it's your your job, right? But if you're competing, you're sacrificing somewhere else. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're competing, right? And I was no longer accepting sacrifice. I get an hour and a half. You know why? I wake up before. Because you're home by 7 a.m. No. 6, bud. 6. I wake up before 90% of America wakes up. I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. There you go. Yeah, he's opening up a whiskey bottle. Uh, I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go to the gym. Know why? I talked about it. It's the only time that, in all honesty, with my full-time job, with my kids, with being married, with having my responsibilities, this, you know, what I like to do now, the podcast, it's the only time I have. 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like, it we've been drinking for a good portion of the day. If tomorrow was Friday, I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm going to the gym. So like I, I have to stay in that routine. If I break that routine, it's a recipe for disaster where I'm just going to go mentally and physically. Yeah. I need workout. I need exercise for my mental health as much as I need. For so, so for, for you at seven o'clock, 7am. So because, my kids get up earlier. So, like, MJ's up at 5.30. Everett's up before 6. So, I see them. I help my wife get out of bed and kind of get ready for the day. And I leave for the gym around 6.30. And then I am I shower at the gym at 8.15. I'm at work by 9. So, that's the time I can commit to. So, the, the gym is not open at 4 a.m. Yeah. So, I can't, like, because CrossFit has set classes, I can't just choose when I go there. I have to pick a time and 7 a.m. was like, I can commit to that Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I have got to get back into going to the gym. This is the time I can commit. I can hold myself accountable yep. to hitting that time frame. And that, for me, that's important. Like, for me, I'm very scheduled. I'm very regimented. I'm very accountability-based. I am. If it's not on my calendar or scheduled, it just doesn't happen. And for me, I can say I can hold myself. So when I started CrossFit, because I worked retail for Altel Verizon – 
I went at 5.30 because that was the time, no matter what my retail schedule was, I could commit to. And I, if, if I can't commit to it, like on a regular basis, it's just not going to happen. So 7 a.m. is now my new, I can commit to this time because I can help get the kids up in the morning. Um, so my mother-in-law helps keep our children. Okay. She shows up at my house every day at 6.30. God bless her. God bless her. I drop my kids off, or uh, Harrison off my dad and mom's house, and at 8.15, sometimes they're not awake. Yeah. <laughs> so. so right now, every day, Monday through Friday, for the most part, my mother-in-law shows up at my house between 6.30 and 7. Okay. So I help the kids get up, get them organized. She shows up, helps my wife. My wife, because my wife has a full time job. My wife works at Bank mm-hmm. of America. She's a corporate, a corporate being right now. So seven a.m. I can commit to. That's what I'm doing right now. All right. So let's. So we've we've gone on and we can go on for for hours around this. And Crossfitters are gonna love and this potentially one. get into some heated arguments because I. <clears throat> we'll say that for a later day. Um, so talking about schedule regimen. We've been talking a while about CrossFit. I know. It's fine. Yeah. It, it's a good conversation, right? Like, I agree. Again, two cents worth, people. Sports, fitness, and life, how it all comes together. Yeah. And that's that's what we're talking about. I have now, a lot to talk about Yeah, I know you in, do. in that world. And that's why you're going to be a multiple guest. I can't wait. Yeah, there's only so much I can talk about that people want to listen to. Uh, so we talked about the regimen, the dedication, the commitment. Talk to me about your new company. Mm-hmm. How how many months? Year? Not even. No. Not I, even. No. I. Uh, so uh, background. No, 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 no. No. I just want to know how many months. So uh, LLC was created in April. I officially launched it in June. Okay. So full time job. Yeah. Still full time job. Still full time job. Create this second endeavor. Basically a second full-time job. Second full-time job to in a in the same industry. So, yeah, yes. yeah. Construction. Let's construction. just call it constru- yeah, construction, construction, right? Construction, so yeah. Mike works full-time vice president? Vice president of Daniel. Vice president of a... Are you allowed to say it? Yeah, know. Daniel Enterprises. We're a I mean, com- I'm giving you so many goddamn plugs. <laughs> commercial residential roofing company. Yeah. Look, just remember, I need some advertising. I did pay yeah. for his golf today. Oh, well. Come on. And, and, and dinner. He's a member somewhere. He didn't pay for shit. <laughs> no, uh, you pay for guests, bro. That was a $60 round. Hope you Oh, dude, it. we talk business. It's a write-off. <laughs> uh, so, full-time job, right? Uh, and, and this is a lot of what I want to kind of get into with, with a lot of my guests is like, how does your athletic background, how does your fitness background get you into the mold of who you are today? And I think for you, especially for you, from what I know of you, I feel like that competitive nature, that drive, that aspiration of always wanting to better yourself is what drove you to, all right, I have this full-time job. I'm comfortable, and Very, I appreciate it, yep. but I want more. And not in a not in a selfish way, but more in a, like... I can do more. I can I do, more. do like, more. Like, I should do more. Yeah. So, Mike... Eight months ago? Yeah, yeah about. Yeah. Right? So Eight yeah, months ago, sat than, there six, and six, said... It's actually six months ago. Okay, six months ago said, I have this full-time job, but I also have this desire to provide something else in this industry that I'm very passionate about Yep. and created his own consulting firm in the construction industry, win, win rate consulting. 
at winrate consulting on Instagram. Yep. Email in case anybody. Mike at winrate consulting. Mike at uh, own website. Yep. Right. Winrateconsulting.com. So it's W-I-N-R-A-T-E consulting.com. All right. So I don't want you to like sit here and like mash them together, but like tell me how athletic career, CrossFit, anything that, and I kind of alluded to it, to it but like what has led you to this entrepreneurship it's a great question so mostly it's my drive to always be busy as a multi-sport athlete you were never bored you were always striving towards the next thing right so i did football in the fall basketball in the winter baseball in the spring and track in the middle and then in high school i transitioned to just football and baseball I wasn't, I'm not very tall, so I didn't, I got rid of basketball, but ultimately it was, my parents were very, you did good, but there was always, okay. there was always the great game, but good grades, but good job, but there was always the, you were 99% there, but. And for me, that's been something I've struggled with pretty severely as an adult. Um, but I transitioned that into so when I worked when I worked retail, uh, I actually got a second job as a bartender because I was bored. So I would work all day retail, and I would go bartend at the sports bar at night just because you know I I, didn't, I was young, I didn't have kids or just anything. needed something to do. I was just like, why not go make more money? Okay, right? Like, go not, why not go make some fun money, some extra cash? Um, and I did that when I worked retail. And I got into B2B world, and it was different. I got a wife. I got a house. It was different. I didn't have the time. Um, so for some reason, I've always been into stretching myself a little thin. But ultimately, I always had a desire to work for a smaller company. And that's what led me from leaving corporate America to joining the construction industry. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me to start my own company is I know a lot about business development. I'm I I've been doing it for 15 years from retail sales, retail management, small to medium business, enterprise sales, been in the construction industry for four plus years with some really good success. So over the last four and a half, almost four years, actually, I've helped five businesses grow by seven figures. And outside of this company you created outside of the company I created. So I've helped I've helped five businesses outside of my own mm-hmm. grow by seven figures. OK. And. Now, is that a driving factor of, well, shit. So someone else is having me do this. Why don't I just do it on my own? Yes, but no. So okay. the, really the driving factor for me was um, I love coaching. I hate managing. You know, I said earlier in this podcast, like I wanted to be a baseball coach and mm-hmm. do, be a math teacher. See, I'm the opposite. I love managing people, which is what I do on a day-to-day. I, it's not that I hate coaching, but like Nolan's and T-ball, I don't want to be the coach. Yeah, I like going out there if they need my help because I have that quote unquote expertise as a collegiate baseball player and all this stuff, right? Yep. Right, like to to a five year old. You're the most qualified T-ball coach, right? Around. But at the same time, like I don't want that to be my definition to my kid. Yeah, right. Like I want him to learn from. Oh, others. dad ball is real. Yeah, like I want him to learn from others and and respect what they have to say. But if I see that it's wrong, 
I'm going to correct it. Oh, my dad was. But first, I don't want to be the coach. My dad was the all-star coach for three years and didn't keep putting either of his sons on it. He coached a little league. Good for him. All-star team. Because if you're not good enough, you shouldn't be on the team. I and that's where I am. So, but ultimately, All right, so, so go back to your story. So I'll go back to my story. So, uh, yeah, 12 year old. My dad's the all-star coach. I don't get selected. It was pretty epic. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's for episode two. People. Yeah, but um, so it's a therapy session. <laughs> it was it, worth it. Learned so much from that experience. But um, all right, so. Always had his hour. Sorry, that was the dog. I, it then moving on. Always no, I mean, I, w- I want everyone to know because I haven't announced him yet. I haven't talked about him. We're already out of time. No, we got plenty of time. Okay. I tell you, we're gonna go an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, I have one of the worst dogs in America. Uh, his name is Bronx. I love the guy to death. He drives me absolutely <laughs> fucking insane. He just, he just he literally jumped, just literally just into his jumped lap. onto my lap. <laughs> Because he probably has to go to the bathroom, but he has been quietly sitting in here for the last hour, and uh, he's a Jack Russell, 12 years old. He's got cataracts, bad pancreas. I mean, there's there's all types of things going on with this dog. Lindsay hates him. The kids love him. I love him. He is a piece of shit. I have two, on everything. I have two pit bulls at home. They're absolute bitches like he's 12 years old he pisses and shits in the house i will let him out he'll come back in and then to, lift his leg on the just furniture just to wait just to wait just to be like ah oh, god it was wet out there man i ain't going out there or ah oh, it was a little too hot i'm back in here ooh and then pisses on the furniture like this is that dog so he he's back to sleeping next to my foot he's he's fine now but sorry we got off topic but i had to bring him in i haven't talked to him about it yet bronx yankees fan Go Yankees, Red Sox, won the World Series. Don't worry about that. But I'm a Yankees fan, named the Bronx. All right, go back. Love coaching, hate managing. Okay. So had a big desire to leave corporate America. I fell in love with the construction industry when in about three and a half to four years of my corporate America world, I supported the construction vertical selling technology, small to medium business, five to 500 employees, and fell in love with the industry, fell in love with the stories, the people, the families, you know, how it was like generational, that kind of thing, and fell in love with it. Um, so transitioning into, I left corporate America in 2014 to help a buddy of mine grow his general contracting business. Um, I took a $70,000 pay cut. I want that to sit for a second. No, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. 70 i i took a seventy thousand dollar pay cut to leave corporate america and i was 27 28 the you time mu- you must have had a lot of faith in this person it was more in myself honestly okay um so I'm, I'm gonna just briefly walk through what led me to starting the consulting business so very very high level success in verizon wireless corporate sales um 2014 I left corporate America, joined a buddy of mine. He was a two to three hundred thousand dollar a year residential general contractor. Two thousand sixteen, we did one point nine million. Nice. And two thousand sixteen, he decided he wanted to scale back. He didn't want to do that much business. It, it, to be fair, it was right for him. It was right for the clients. Um, he was built better for a, a smaller business that helped with a more white glove service, and he was really good at that world. Um, so I left that business, 
join this. In that process from leaving that general contractor to joining Daniel Enterprises, I had consulted a few businesses, all of which have grown by seven figures since then. What the final straw for me building the, the, the consulting business was, so I joined this Daniel Enterprises, had a few sales guys working for me, managed my own pipeline. I said, what makes me so successful? How do I help these guys be more like me? So I wrote my sales process out start to finish from prospecting okay. to appreciation. Yep. And I just started typing. Type, 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 type. Stopped, went back and read it, went, holy shit, this is a course. I should, I should sell this. I'm tired of helping people outside my own company for free grow by a shit ton. Right. Let's start let's start a business. I always knew I wanted to consult. I always wanted to coach. I always wanted to consult. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. For some reason my head at 35 was the year. When I left the GC... But you're 31. I'm 31. So at, at, when I left the GC, I said 35. Daniel Enterprises was a good stepping stone for me, in my opinion, because it gave me sales leadership experience. It gave me multi-market experience, because we have multiple offices in different cities. It gave, it gave me a lot of different, a level up experience. And I didn't think I had enough gray hairs yet, honestly, to be a consultant. And... Uh, so fall of last year, I wrote out my sales process, start to finish, realized it was a course, delivered that information to my sales guys with extreme success. So I fired a couple guys, but the one sales guy I kept, he did $180,000 in total sales 2017. He's done $600,000 2018 to date is November 2nd. He did 300% the sales after I implemented my process with him. And he still has eight weeks. And he still has eight weeks. And then brought on a few new guys. And in Charlotte, if you're if if you're not aware. He's in Beaufort, South Carolina. Even better. In Beaufort, basically winter doesn't come until mid-January and lasts till end of February. So you're talking six weeks. And even still, there's days there's in February days where in it's 80 degrees. Yeah. So you're going to work 12 12 months out of yep. the year in yeah. North or South Carolina. Yeah, we're, for, in, for those, we're a roofing company, so we're exterior construction, so again, we do get I, affected. I, I was just going to plug the fact that I'm international. Again, I'm just going to say it. I feel like it's a good thing to talk about. No, no, no. No, no, no. International. Yep, that's right. What What was it on uh, Step Brothers? What, what was the name of their company that they, they, they created? Oh, yeah, it's the wrong person. All right, anyways. <laughs> you don't know either. What I was didn't it? know either. It was like worldwide. Oh, this is bad. We're going to get mocked for this one. All right, I'm going to look it up while you keep going. All so, right, so, all right, so keep all right, telling so, your story. So help. So the, the process worked. Uh, earliest year I decided I'm going to pull the trigger and start the business. Got the LLC, LLC created in April. Website launched in August. I've had a couple clients this year. Uh and so far, so good. I've done a couple of different podcasts. I got recruited for a coaching in, a coaching business. Um, I have a Instagram. I got live videos. I got a Facebook. I got this podcast now. The international podcast. Yeah, no. If you're in Sweden, you need construction help. Yeah, if you're in me. Sweden, you're in UK, you're in Ireland, or, I'm or New Zealand, on, which is where I've I've gotten downloads. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this. I'm actually on a, a construction web uh, Facebook page for Australia, and I'm gonna share this podcast on the Australian f Facebook construction page. Prestige worldwide. Prestige worldwide. <laughs> oh, why could I not think of that? 
Because it doesn't make any sense. That's why no one can think of it. But so, but, but it's but, hilarious. But I, I, I have so I started this business. Um, yeah, I'm not afraid to share it. Uh, my goal was to do ten thousand dollars in revenue this year, and I've done that. Does everyone hear my kids screaming in the background? That might be mine. No, I, that's not. That's Harrison. Oh, he's man. fucking pissed. Yeah, he's got a lot of hair. You know why he's not? He's pissed. It's, it's 8.40. He goes, why the hell are you taking me to bed? Because you should have been in bed an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Mom's not doing her job. But yeah, so so my business my business is actually not too much farther along than yours. So I'm still, so I, I, I had the start phase. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in the build phase now. So okay. I want to build brand awareness. So tell me, tell me what what drove you to outside of money right like everyone everyone's gonna sit there and go oh, i want money i want I money. to take the fear out of the home remodeling business what's the fear the fear is the homeowner is going to take advantage of the home, the fear is the contractor is not going to get paid the fear is the project's going to start and they're going to be change orders the project's going to start there's going to be issues the project's going to start it's not going to end the way you want so my, we'll call it my tagline, my elevator speech is I help contractors identify, target, qualify, and acquire the right types of clients through improved communication, follow through, and follow up. Because I want to help contractors as well as homeowners be better communicated with and have better expectations set so that projects run smoother. So you, you mentioned it, and, and I'm going to talk about just my own personal experience for a second. So you talked about the homeowners fear of the job not getting done i was on the opposite side i worked in commercial construction for five years and the thing for me was i never wanted to get in the residential side because when you get in the residential side and you're facing it now in your multiple businesses is you're facing off against the emotion of the buyer and they're informed. Like the right? DIYs, the HGTVs. You don't see a like renovation gone great TV show. <laughs> you see renovation nightmare yeah. TV shows. So they assume you're going to fuck them. They assume you're going to take their money. You assume I, it's it's a very them. it's a very jaded industry just to begin with. Like I, I mean and, and I haven't been in, in for 8 years now or so, but like I just remember being a part of it and like being in the commercial side of it like where banks are dealing with LLCs where it is Yes, you're a trustworthy client. Here's your X amount of money. Don't worry about it. To where on the residential side, it is, hey, here's my life savings. And also, welcome to my master bathroom. Like, it is. Yeah, it's weird. It's intrusive. Hey, here's my house. Here's my most intimate part of my house. And I'll see you every day at 730 a.m. And I hope you do the job. Right. Well, and it's also expectation gap. Yeah. So people see the HGTV shows where thirty minutes and seventeen thousand dollars, you have a brand new kitchen. That's well, that's, not, that's that's real. That's right? yeah. No, absolutely. Let's start now. I, I by the end of this podcast, you could have a new. Yeah. Kitchen. So like, if I only give me a seventeen thousand dollar deposit. Oh, I feel like I can get that done. No, easily. just do that now. No, I'm ready to start. I mean, if you ask my wife, we're going to have a kitchen <laughs> renovation. We're not doing that. But yeah, and so, no, it's not going to take so, three weeks. So that's the challenge, right? Like people have people feel more informed. Um, they generally do more research, and they have higher expectations. And so here's my theory on the industry, the residential side. So 
40 years ago, contractors who were in the industry were... 19, 1980. Were taught by their... 1978. By, 1978. By their parents... Jesus that, Christ, that's 40 years ago. I'm almost fucking 40 years old. <laughs> That I keep going. I just had a, I had wow. like a major self reflection no, where it was. Just... It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Keep going. No, yeah. it's fine. So, calm down. I'm I'm fine. So, <laughs> six right. years so, till I'm forty. So forty Holy years fuck. ago, yeah, those contractors learned that your work sells itself, uh-huh. right? So they went out, did a good job. They didn't sell. They didn't market. They didn't communicate. They just got work because they were the best framer, carpenter, painter, drywaller, cabinet maker in the world. Or in their market. Then 20 years ago, some hotshot salesman got into the industry and said, I'm going to outsell you, not outproduce you. And then that's when the shit hit the fan. So hotshot salesmen came in and, and were selling the fucking dream to homeowners, mm-hmm. not having any idea how to produce or follow through on that. And now everybody has shit remodels and contractors walking away because you know, they're talking about. And the good contractors are out there going, I'm still doing good work, but I don't know how to sell it. I don't want to keep track of leads. I don't know what a CRM is. I don't know how to market. I don't know how to build a professional proposal. I don't want to deliver a professional proposal. My goal is saying, hey, you learned how to do your trade really, really well, but no one taught you how to sell it. I want to help you sell it so that you can outsell the showmen who have no back end. They don't know how to produce it. You do. But I want to help you communicate to beat those guys. Because, look, I went into the construction industry with zero construction sales experience. And in two years, grew a business from 200000 to $1.9 million. We had the back end. I brought the sales side. Yeah. Now, the business I'm with now, residential commercial roofing. They had the production side. They didn't have the sales side narrowed in. $2.1 to $5 million in 12 months. The system works. It's a matter of people have never learned it. I took 10 to 15 years of sales experience, 10 years commercial, going on five years residential commercial yeah. construction. Right, you have the mix, right? Said, you hey, have this system yeah. works. It's not difficult. It's just different. Yeah. And guys who said, well, we've always done it this way. Fine. Go be the best carpenter, plumber, electrician, HVAC guy. If you don't learn how to teach people why you're the best, you will be the worst. Well, and then you think about, too, like a down economy it, because event, it's going to happen, right? The down economy is going to come. It's already softening. So you got John Plumbing because John knew plumbing, started his own company, created John Plumbing, and thinks John Plumbing is going to last. Because he does a good job. Because John knows how to do yep. plumbing. But John doesn't know how to do plumbing better than Steve knows how to do plumbing or Susie knows how to do plumbing. So you are trying to take John to that next elevated level. So what I'm doing is is John is a better plumber than Steve, but Steve is a better salesman. So Steve yeah. is winning more business because he's getting at the brand awareness. He's getting out in front of more people. He's winning more business. He may not be the better plumber, but he's the better salesman. And I have dealt with countless, countless construction companies now that have no idea how to sell their product. They have no idea how to market themselves. They have no idea how to target the right people and qualify the right people. One of the biggest mistakes contractors make right now 
is going after the wrong type of client. Because everybody still has a little bit of fear from the 2008-2009 crash. They'll take any client that says they're interested. Hmm. And whether they're the right contractor for it or not, they're afraid to say no. One of the best things I did for the companies I've worked for so far is teach them to say no. Say no to the wrong ones. You can say right to more of the right ones and you will I double. You'll double your revenue in a year. I yeah. guarantee it. But like I like I had a window company I talked with recently. He wants to do two million. He's doing like eight or nine hundred right now. He's chasing one window replacements in Clover, which is an hour and a half drive. Yeah. That's not going to get you to your goal, but he's afraid to say no to it. And because it's work, it's work. It's and people are afraid of not having. Right, it. like you, you have to. And I'll, and I'll try and bring it back to sports or any type of fitness. Like, you, you want to chase the win. Well, you're also afraid of the loss as much as you are. Like, you're afraid of the next opportunity. Not but being more there. people are going to chase the win than they are willing to deal with the loss. And then get 10 more wins after the loss, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, they it's rather, changing that mentality of going. They rather win the preseason than chase the, chase the, uh, chase the championship. There you go. Great, right? Won the preseason. Spring training, they went 20 and 0. Yeah. Worthless. Regular season didn't make the playoffs. Pointless. Didn't make the playoffs. Pointless. So, yeah, people. It's changing that mentality, which is what you're trying to do. So, I'm trying to help. Good contractors win through communication and professionalism training. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Because if you've tried to do a remodel recently, and if you're out there and you've tried to get your kitchen, bathroom, house remodeled, you know, like, you'll call five people. One might call you back, and zero might get you a fucking proposal. I dealt with it. I had to get my uh, driveway replaced. Again. That's real. Again, I... Project manager in, in commercial construction. Yeah, you know how to communicate with these people. I, I, I know who these people are. Yeah. <laughs> I know who these people are. I reached out to 10 companies. Yeah. I got four to reply to me, and then one through a buddy who actually gave me the best price who wasn't even out there to begin with, and, and they did it in a day. And sometimes you're stuck with the one guy that gets back to you, and he's not always the best. He's the most available. And I'll tell you this. If you are hiring a contractor, I don't care if it's for the simplest paint job or the most complex addition remodel. If he's available in two days, you don't want him. Period. Today, as of today. Like right now. If he's available. In this market. It is Friday. If he's available Monday to come do your job, you do not want to hire that Yeah, so guy. we waited three weeks for the driveway guy. That two, but, two to three weeks is normal. But crushing it in a day. Y'all, absolutely. And he was... Half the price of everybody else, and who knows from the others that I never heard from. Never. I th this is the this is the the eighth wonder. But this is what you're trying to figure. This out, is the right? eighth wonder of the world, right? I'm a contractor. I take three hours of a Tuesday to drive to your house, collect the information from you for your mm -hmm. project, leave your house to my next project. Three hours. Never send you a proposal. I gave myself zero fucking chance of winning that business. And I spent all that time. And you're like, hey, I should have to follow up with you for a proposal. But you'll never get it. You'll yeah. never get it. Yeah. Ever. All right. So we're at a, an hour and 20, which is fine. We, some of the best podcasts go on for hours. Hours. 
We're not going to. No, we should. Two hours. Let's go two hours. Two hours? We go two and then you split in half. No, I'm just gonna go two. All right, let's go two. I'm not, I'm not okay. gonna. I'm not gonna split it up, dude. This is unedited, dude. This is raw. This is what two cents worth does, dude. I, I'm all. I'm. I'm in it, dude. I'm in it. I'm in it. Cause we got plenty of questions, dude. I, I got so much stuff to talk about with you. Um, I I can talk forever. I know. We, well, if anyone's been listening so far, they know. <laughs> not a bad way. You got a lot of good stuff. You're at that. 74 downloads right now. At an hour and 20. Oh, hours. dude. I I need to be at like 10,000. <laughs> uh, <laughs> If you're listening, at we're this gonna point, get there. We're gonna get so there, you're, though. You're an hour and twenty in. If you're still listening, share this podcast. Yeah, we're gonna get there. Share it. I I feel confident about what the guests that I have, at, which mostly Mike and I were talking about today. Mostly my friends or acquaintances. Like, I graduated. My this gra- dude's high school class. Ah, dude, we might were... be the greatest thing to hit America in the last fifty years. I'm gonna give a plug, and I love the school, but. I'm not going to send my kids there because it's just not, you know, what we're going to do here. In, 93 in... athletes, 92 successful people. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, w- went to Charlotte Christian High School here in Charlotte and uh, graduated with 93 kids. And, I mean, and I put something up on my Instagram the other day about Major League Base- Baseball, Minor League Baseball, NFL, Canadian, NASCAR, NASCAR. Ivy League and supplements, that, that's from Rhode Island days. Um, entrepreneurship, CrossFit. Majority of these people went to our high school. Like Charlotte Christian, and I love the school and I love what we've done. If you didn't listen to his last podcast with, with Chastain, yeah. like nine of 11 seniors in their high school graduate class went D1, D2. Oh, we had an incredible team. Like. I can, and hopefully, so, I'm hoping to get. So ironically, so I actually want to. So my sophomore year, I moved from Pittsburgh to Virginia. Yeah, I moved to to Lynchburg. My sophomore year, seven seniors that year went D1. Seven. That's great. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. See, poor coaching. Leadership is important. Yep. We went thirty and five, and incredible team. But I I, I have some uh, good guests coming up, and and it's going to be entertaining and uh, great stories to talk about. So let's go back to the business, right? So we, I think, I think everyone has an understanding of like what drives you through CrossFit and athletics and even life, right? Like you, you, you touched on the fact that you didn't, you left college, you had to enter the real world. So for you now, full-time job, you have this side hustle. I'm going to call it a side hustle. It's a job. It's paying you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's paying you. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a full time side hustle, right? So I we am, talked about I'm it. Dedicated it's to it every day, you, right? So, what are the goals that are exciting you about this? My goal is to help thirty businesses in the next twenty four months. That's a goal, and I'm, it and it doesn't matter construction construction but it doesn't matter which trade nope no i'm helping all trades i'm focusing more on the interior trades inside the house okay yeah, yeah. mostly because i'm a roofing business and i don't want to help the competition that's but, fair yep that's, yeah, but it. for the most part i want to help 30 businesses in like 24 months um okay. at any cost if you're a construction business and you're listening pay me a hundred dollars i'll make you an extra hundred thousand i guarantee it my God, business guys, ha- that is a mike claudio guarantee i don't my know my business you heard it here if first you look at my website i have a hundred percent money back guarantee. what's the website 
Say it again. Winrateconsulting.com. W-I-N-R-A-T-E consulting.com. What is Instagram? At winrateconsulting. Anywhere else they can reach you? Facebook at winrateconsulting. This fucking dog is back in my lap. So, like, I have a 100% money back guarantee because my I ultimately want to help. I want to bring value to businesses. I want to bring value. I want to help. If I can't, I don't want you to pay for it. So, ultimately, I want to bring value at any cost. I charge money, but Mm -hmm. if I don't meet the goals that we set forth, I'll give you money back. Period. You can't lose. You literally can't lose. I, I appreciate your confidence in that. That's ballsy. But that's great. I think I, that's what you know, I think that's what a lot of businesses don't do enough of to where they don't stand behind their convictions, right? And their own purpose. You're sitting here going, Doesn't work for you. I'll give you your money back. I'm so fucking confident in what I'm gonna do and what I can do for you in this industry that I'm willing to put my fucking fa- at some point eventually, right? My family's fucking food on the table. I ultimately don't cuz you're going to leave I I, I don't have to imagine you're going to leave if this gets to where you want it to be, you're going to leave your full-time job. So, point I'd like to make a point on that. So, me and the business owner of Daniel Enterprise are on the same page here. We want to build a machine where we can both work 20 hours a week and make half a million dollars. Okay, so there you go. So All right, I, so 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 you leave it half time. Yeah. Bottom line you're is... You're so confident in what you're going to do. You are willing to sit there and go, if it doesn't work, I'm taking food off the plate of my kids and my family. 100% money back here. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that's what... I think that's what... <sighs> I can we're gonna throw stats out there that make no sense. Ninety percent, <laughs> right? Eighty five percent. I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of these companies that just are up and coming and out there, they don't have that They're in for the money. I have no interest in making money. Yeah. I'm gonna charge you a nominal fee to grow your business. It's more so on the passion. So, 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 which so, hopefully the passion turns into money. So so here's a stat. Yeah. Here's a stat. I charged a local business in Charlotte twenty five hundred dollars. Okay. In July they did sixty thousand dollars in business. In October they did one hundred thirty thousand. Okay. That's good. That's seventy thousand dollars increase in business. I charged them twenty five hundred bucks. If you don't think making you're not an charging extra, enough, making an extra seventy grand is worth twenty five hundred dollars, please call me. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, you're not charging enough. But that's the point. Yeah. I'm so early in this, I will charge you whatever you're willing to pay. Yeah. And I'll give it all back to you if it doesn't work. All right. And I and I want thirty clients in the next two years. If you're one of those people, win rate consulting. I think that's what a lot of people that want to start their own company need to understand versus but I don't want to minimize this. I have a full-time job. I don't I'm not this minimizing business this is not paying my bills. Yeah, yeah, I'm not minimizing this either. What I want people to understand that are listening to this is that look, like sometimes when you want something so badly, like I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was um it it was short story long. I'm going to mention I mentioned it already. I'm going to mention it again. Short Short story long is what we do. Yeah, short story long. <laughs> it, it, drama from Robin Big. He had Charlemagne de God on. 
And Charlemagne the God, do you know who Charlemagne the God is? Uh, grew up in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. So in- did Stephen Furtick, by the way. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an elevation guy. Okay, I, I didn't know that. Uh, gr- <laughs> you like pouring in your whiskey into the microphone. Such a creep. Uh, he... <laughs> He interned at multiple radio stations, got fired by multiple radio stations, but yet just kept on coming and and working towards his ultimate goal of knowing the talent and the presence that he was going to bring in that industry. And he didn't let the firings, he didn't let the money drive him, right? So, like, he would intern at, at radio stations and not... Worry about the money knowing I know I have the personality to make money in this industry. And now he is worth millions. A he's lot. millions. A lot. Right? So he's been in the industry for 20 years. He's millions. And so one of my driving factors is with win rate is I'm doing a lot of it myself. My yeah. content, my creation, my video shooting. And the reason I'm doing it that way is because I believe this is not the last company I'm going to start. And I want to okay. learn. So you're, you're I wanna quote learn. unquote the serial entrepreneur. I I'm I'm 31. I know you're young. I refuse to believe the fact this is the last business I'm going to start, and I want to learn it the hard way because I ha- I can fail forever. Yeah, and pay the bills with my full time job. So my goal is to do this the long hard way because I want to learn it the hard way. All right. So what's a, what's an advice to somebody that is afraid? Afraid to do it. Not what you're doing in particular, but afraid for me, right? We're a couple episodes in. I w- I'm more concerned about what if people don't like it? Or what if people say something that upsets me about it? To where it was, I got the advice of just start. Who cares? Doesn't work out, sell it. Sell the equipment. Sell everything you bought. Who gives a shit? Like, who cares? So for you... What's the advice to somebody that's worried to start a business or put their content out there? So I'll compare it to sales. Okay. Um, so I've been in sales for almost 15 years, and you never know where your best referral partner is going to come from. Like you're always one phone call away from your next biggest deal ever. And you're in sales. Like you get it. Like your one contact, one relationship, one networking event, one phone call, one email away from a career-defining relationship. Mm -hmm. And I took that to this, this environment where I don't want to help everybody. I want to help the small part of the – because in the construction industry, there's 25,000 construction businesses in the United States. Yeah. I need 1% of 1% to be uber successful, like stupid successful. And it's not hard to find 1% of 1%. You just got to try. Yeah. And and that was really what it was. I don't need everybody to want it. My goal was if I can help one business stay alive in this industry, one quality contractor. If your industry is finance, if your industry is self-development, if your industry is professional development, if your industry is finance, have the goal of helping one person. If you can help one person be successful, you've done more than most. So 80... That's that's a... I'm good with it. I like that. 80% of businesses fail in the first year. 
80% of the 20% who make it past the first year fail in the first five. If you're five years old, you're 1% of 1%. Yeah. So if that means something in this industry, there's so many people out there. If you can help support, increase something, bring value. So this is something I'm going to post about soon, but guilt is a phenomenal sales tactic. And to get guilt, you need to bring value. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you're Ryan DeFavor. If I bring you value, I'm a roofer. Mm-hmm. You know another roofer, yeah. I'm sure. If I bring you a significant amount of value, you would feel guilty giving a roofing lead to the other roofer. Okay. Fair? That's fair. Fair? Yeah. So focus on bringing value to one person, and that one person will owe you. There you go. And you you live yourself by that one person, you're always successful. If you're not a shithead douchebag, you can bring value to one person. I agree. You know, I posted it earlier this week, right? Two weeks ago, no one knew who I was. Now, not that it's huge, but I got 185. Yeah. And I got people across the world. And it's not... If one of those people went out and did something better for their network because of you, you're successful. Yeah. Like, that's period. Because there are tens of millions of people who sit on the fucking couch playing video games doing yep. nothing with their lives, bringing no value to anybody. You're out here hustling every week, every day, to try and bring value. My goal as a business, as WinRate Consulting, mm-hmm. is to bring value to one person. Okay. And that's where you start. If, but And that's where you build from. If every post I do brings value to one person. Then you feel successful. And I guarantee you, if one person gets value from it, more people will. All right, good. Focus right. on one. All right, so we're going to finish with rapid fire. I just want one word answers. Are you ready? Eyes are closed. Ready to go. All right, ready. Golf. Win. Hmm. <laughs> Today. What's that ass? That's bullshit. Sorry, that was more than one word. We're gonna we're gonna do it again on Sunday. Uh public or private for Pub? golf. Oh, uh private. Just because I'm part of a membership. All right. Yeah. Investment, public or private? Company wise. Private. Private, okay. Private's hustling. Yeah. Top podcast. Can't be mine. It can't be mine. It can't be mine. Don't you were about to say it? And and that was fantastic. Two cents worth. (laughs) Uh, So, entrepreneurs on fire. Uh, John Lee Dumas. It's a phenomenal podcast. He has thousands of episodes. He posts one a day. He has twenty-minute episodes about entrepreneurs and very, very succinct episodes about value what you did why book recommendations phenomenal podcast for anybody looking for entertainment the other one if you're looking for a laugh is the dollop okay phenomenal number one person that inspires you my wife wow yeah good for you yeah no seriously so um my wife i wouldn't have said my wife no that's fine (laughs) uh so my wife when i met my wife she was an introvert and I've seen her come out of her shell. I don't want to take credit for that, but I think she's come a long way. And I see her in corporate America now. She's only mm-hmm. about a year in, and she's fucking killing it. 
And I know how hard that is. And her, her dedication to that environment is, is very motivating. NFL or uh, NCAA football? NFL all day long. I'm from Pittsburgh. Pitt right. sucks. Steelers are awesome. Guys, we'll get into the Steelers. We, we had a whole thing about the Steelers. We, again, played golf earlier today. We, we had this whole podcast. We, I should have brought my stuff. We recorded basically a podcast in the clubhouse at, at Mike's uh, country, country club, club with, with no equipment. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, it was... Golden. Fire. It was golden. Fire. I mean, I'm getting. Bottom line is fifty thousand. I say a hundred. Nolan said a hundred. Nolan out of nowhere comes in here and says a hundred. He doesn't 000. even know what we're talking about, and he loves it, and he doubles it. Yeah. Um. All right. So, I like to end every episode with the uh, the local beer. It doesn't need to be local, actually. It's just. So beer in general. I'm a big beer advocate. Sycamore Brewing has the Big O. It's an orange IPA. I had it at a uh, an event at Ballantine Resort. Okay. It was an orange IPA, and uh, I'm big into citrus. I like citrus beers, and it was phenomenal. And I have it. I, you don't can't buy it on the shelves, but they had it like in a keg there. And I went. I kept driving back to the same hole from like other holes to get it. But the Big O. It's an orange IPA from Sycamore Brewing. Um, phenomenal. So my wife's plug would be uh, there's this vanilla porter that she loves, absolutely loves in Charlotte. From where? I forget. See, that's not a good plug. That's it's not terrible. how it's I. Terrible. That's not how we need to end the show. You can't go a plug, and then you have no idea where it's from. It doesn't matter. All right. So ironically, I went to get it. For after she had the baby, our second baby. All right, so top brewery. So Sycamore is where your favorite beer is from. But what's the what's the best brewery you you've gone to? Doesn't need to be Charlotte. So it was. It's the Wooden Robot is the brewery. Great, great beers. But so that's where the the vanilla porter's from. Okay. It's called uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Yes, fantastic. Fantastic. My my wife's favorite beer. It's from it's from the Wooden Robot. Yep. Their brewery is actually phenomenally laid out. It's built, it's built for parties and people to show up. So, the Wooden Robot, Good Morning Vietnam. If you're into vanilla, vanilla beers, it's good. My wife loves it. I like. I love Wooden Robot. Nolan, you're going to bed. Say good night. Good night. All right. Thanks, bud. Mwah. <laughs> no, I, I, that's weird. That was for that was for Ryan's wife. That, that wasn't my, for Nolan. Don't do that to my kid. No, or my wife either. The creep. Uh, dude, have you seen her? Yeah, I did. I've been married to her for eleven years. I'd kiss her. Pat, on top of dating, yeah, and she's. I I'm like a double bogey. She's a birdie. If we're gonna relate it into golf terms. Oh, you married way up. Wait, you you thanks. So, so I would so I would have been never... like, no, you're not a double. You're a you're a par. No, man. no, bullshit. No. So help explain this to me. I've never understood this phrase. Yeah. You outkicked your coverage. Coverage. I don't understand that. That that saying. You kicked it so far. You got such a leg. Boom. 
way past what the coverage can get to. They can't call a fair catch because you're what I don't know. It doesn't I'm make coming, sense. I'm coming it up with something. It doesn't fucking Some, make somebody's sense. Somebody's gonna know. No, no I, please, I want. If you're listening right now, send it to me. Two cents worth podcast at two cents worth podcast or two cents comment. Per, two Tell cents. me how out kicking your coverage is a terminology for marrying a woman hotter than you because it doesn't make any sense to me because my wife is an absolute hottie. I would say Ryan's is as well. I know mine's wife. My yeah. wife is hot. Yeah, no, my, I'm, I mean, I definitely married up both from personality and looks. I'm that guy that's. I feel like my personality is like super high compared to my wife's like her looks obviously outdo my looks but like my personality is really good in the right if it wasn't like i wouldn't do this but like to be honest like if i'm walking through the mall with my wife people are like what is she doing with him like i walk through the mall with my wife first off people are sitting there going why are they there malls don't exist anymore secondly and you also can't afford to be there no i can't uh and then and then i go through there and like people are like wow like super personal i can see why he is like you know the cockiness the just the overall demeanor of him we should should end the episode we're going too soon uh i'm I'm not done yet uh i mean it's just more so like everyone's just looking at me going wow Lucky Super for you, no one's, no one's listening at this point. I think they've, they've all dipped out. <laughs> Super attractive. Wife, wow, super attractive. And then they look back and they're like, maybe he's not super attractive, but his wife's super attractive. He must be super attractive. I feel like that's And how then, it goes. like, the mall rats are like, he must be available. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I'm not, unfortunately. No, no. Or fortunately for them. Um, all right. So, hour and 40 in. We murdered it, man. People we were concerned. We People have were, so much more I, to talk about. I know. We didn't even we, we barely talked about anything that we really wanted to talk about. I gave you like fifty fucking topics and we talked two. Yeah. Um People were concerned. I had people reaching out. Is he gonna be interesting? Who said that? Listen, I don't need to give Who names. said I don't that? Need to give names out. I'm gonna give them direct messages. No, no, no. There's somebody that lives in South Dakota. Um <laughs> I can't, I can't give names. I can't give names. The only listener from South Dakota. <laughs> I know. I, I, have, I, can, I have more than one. I, I can more find than one. that. I, can I have find more than that. one. You can't. There, if you're in South Dakota, you're getting a message. Listen, As if, the, you're in, if you're in South Dakota and you're listening to this, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're bringing to the, the podcast. I'm excited. We're excited. Mike's excited. Um, Catch me back in two weeks. I'm, I'm going to be the every other week guy. I mean, I feel like we have a lot more to talk about. Oh, every other week. Yeah, just come on by, dude. We live like 10 minutes from each other. This is the first time I've been to your house in 10 years. That's not true. Twice. 10 years? <laughs> no way. Other than picking you up for golf trips, I have not been here. Well, I mean, the Bears Den Studio is a very exclusive... It's like the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, with, with dinosaurs and Legos. Okay, look, we don't need to call out what I have, okay? <laughs> I have children, and uh, I'm trying to keep things, you know, PG. Um. Anyways, look... It... Thank you so much, seriously. This is fun. No, thank you for coming yeah, on. Awesome. Hey, thanks for paying for all of my shit today. Yeah. I thought it was just basically. Why would you think a guest at a dude? Club I is walked free? in. I walked in. <laughs> I walked in. I had my wallet out, and the guy goes, "Just let me know how many get holes you get in, and we'll just figure it out at the end." That is verbatim what he said. I go, "All right, cool, man. I'm gonna figure it out." We got ten. Eleven. We got eleven. We got eleven in. I parted. What was uh, what was the score at eleven? Look, guys, I was trying to make a comeback. 
And that's where we're at. We're going right to come where out. You and, and, and now I have Sunday to rewrite history. a.m. We're going to be uh, videoing yeah, I'm gonna live. Be out, I'm going to be out there at 6 a.m. We're going to be on... Stroking balls. Two cents worth... That didn't Instagram sound right. Live. That did not sound two, right, two by cent- the way. I just I'm moving on. I'm moving balls. on. I'm moving on. All right. So two cents worth Instagram Live. Two cents worth podcast. No. At two cents worth podcast. Is that the Instagram? Yeah, I mean, that's so the we're gonna go Instagram. Handle. We're gonna go Instagram Live Sunday morning. Okay. And I'm gonna we're gonna lay a wager. Sunday morning, November fourth. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm November fourth, yeah. two thousand eighteen. Yep. We're going to lay a wager at Firethorn Country Club, teeing off at 8.50 a.m. Mm-hmm. What's the wager? What am I allowed to wager versus what I should wager? We're going to play 18 holes because it's not going to rain Sunday. 18 holes. God, I saw today. 50 bucks. I beat you. 50? Yeah. That's it? Yes, that's it. <laughs> Until this thing starts making me money, yes, that's it. I'll play you $10 per match. Match play. So, so per hole? Per hole. No. Dude, I was down six with seven to go. No, no. 50 bucks is but way I mean, better but than But we me. dormy. If you're down six or seven to go, the worst you can lose is 60 bucks. You just bet 50. No, I said 50. You don't want it. That's fine. We'll just we'll just play a regular round. I'll bet a hundred. No, not doing it. A hundred dollars. No. No. I'll bring a hundred dollar bill. No. Fifty. Yeah. Fifty says you beat me. Huh? What's the stroke? I, I just beat you. No strokes. Oh, um, no strokes. I'm okay with no strokes then. Yeah. No hey, strokes. No strokes. No strokes. Fifty bucks. We're shaking right now. Yeah. Fifty Done. bucks. All right. Good. All right. Hey. Uh, Great episode. Instagram appreciate you, Mike, coming Sunday. coming out here and, and spending the day with me. I appreciate that. It's good times. Um, follow me on Instagram at Two Cents Worth Podcast. Hit me up on uh, Gmail, Two Cents Worth Podcast at Gmail. Uh, I feel repetitive. Um, Mike, winrateconsulting.com. Com. Winrateconsulting at. What's well, at winrateconsulting.com? I know I was going to give your email. Oh, Mike at WinRate Consulting. Mike. M-I-K-E at WinRateConsulting.com. Yep. Website's WinRateConsulting.com. Instagram and Facebook are at WinRateConsulting. And now you owe me $400 for doing all these plugs. You're my new advertiser. I'll give you a dollar per download. Dollar per download. Yeah. That's fair. People... I want, I want like fifty thousand downloads. <laughs> I won't make him pay it. I will not make him pay it. If you're, if you're still it. listening at an hour fifty, <laughs> I won't make him pay it. But I just want that to happen, so then he can sit here and be like, "God damn it, this guy, so this small son of a bitch. Is, we'll cap it at a thousand. No, he won't. No, we won't. We should. If he on. gets to a thousand downloads on this, he will make the money back from somebody. From win weight, win weight, win weight, <laughs> win rate consulting. But it, legitimately, if you I know. if, no, if that if that wager gets you to a thousand downloads, yeah, you will end up with some sort of sponsorship. Yeah, that's right. All right, guys, I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone listening. It was a long one, but god damn it, it was a good one. I loved every minute of it, dude. It just, we we recorded for we an hour and forty seven minutes. Two questions. <laughs> I, I truly feel like we could have talked till the fucking break of dawn. 
I would have, I, I would have zoned out a lot. I love, I love talking about stuff like yourself. This. Yes, you're very vain. I know you are. Uh, I, I could have talked to the fucking break of dawn, dude. I love sitting here in my my house, bonus room, office, playroom. We got the TV on. There's a football game going on. I got a good friend of mine. We're sitting here fucking drinking. It's fantastic. But uh, we're gonna end it. Great episode. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank it's you good so day. much. And um, see you in two weeks. Yeah, see, yeah, see you in a couple weeks. But um, I'm gonna start ending it this way, and and I and I like it because it's catchy. What the hell do we know? It's just our two cents worth. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm.